Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever gone out on a dinner date with a friend or a family member, but the, the location of the dinner is a complete surprise? Your friend tells you, oh, don't worry about it. Just get in the car. Just go get in the car, and I'll show you where we're going. So you do as they say, you get in the car, except they put a blindfold on you so you can't see exactly where you're going. And you feel the left turns, you feel the right turns, you maybe even feel one of those sudden stops at the light that they almost didn't make. And the whole time you're wondering, well, where are we going? You're thinking, I know it's going to be somewhere good. Of course they wouldn't take me somewhere bad for my birthday. But you're also kind of wondering, well, what really are we going to end up with? And when you get there and you open your eyes, they take the blindfold off. You see the restaurant. And of course you realize it's a great restaurant. It's actually your favorite restaurant. But that whole time you're wondering, where were they taking you? And we go back to those beginning words that your friend or your family member said to you. And they said, just go and I'll show you. Because those words are words that we're really going to focus in on today. And we heard those words in a way from our Old Testament reading today. Our Old Testament reading from the book of Genesis is the scripture for meditation this morning. And it's in that scripture reading in which we heard God say to Abram, Go, and I will show you. Listen again, though, to Genesis chapter 12, to exactly what the Lord says to Abram. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now, if we just stop right there, stop right there with God's command, God seems to be asking quite a lot from Abram. He doesn't give Abram some long, exhaustive list of a step-by-step, this is exactly how you're supposed to do it. He doesn't give Abram a whole list of assurances of why he can trust God. Quite honestly, just at that part of the command, Abram is simply left to trust God. And also, consider where Abram was at the time when he heard this command. Abram was in the land beyond the Euphrates, and in the land of Terah, his father. But more importantly, he was in a land that was full of idolatry. People who were worshiping terribly deceitful and disgusting and debaucherous things above God. People who were putting many things above the one true God that they should worship. People who were following idolatrous ways that were enticing and enchanting and seductive. Now, we don't know quite exactly how much of a follower of those idolatrous ways that Abram was. But what we do know is Abram was very much in that land. He was surrounded in that land by tons of idolatrous practices. So that's where Abram was. Then think about where God was calling him to go. God says, I will show you the land that you have to go to. Abram doesn't know what this land is like. He doesn't see it. God says, I will show you meaning future tense, meaning it hasn't happened yet, meaning Abram simply has to trust God. He has to have faith in God and trust what God is asking him to do. So some people might say the odds seemed quite stacked up against Abram. The odds seemed stacked up against Abram making the, the, the leap of faith and actually trusting God in what he was asking him to do. But, but here's the amazing part. What's amazing is that, yes, God asked his follower to do something. He asked something of Abraham, but, or Abram. But what's even more amazing is that God literally creates in Abram the faith that he needs to trust him. God literally instills in Abram the faith he needs to obey and follow that command. And God instills that faith in Abram with a threefold promise. Three significant promises he makes to Abram. 
One, that he will make of Abram a great nation. Two, that he will make Abram's name great. And three, that he will bless Abram. Three significant promises from God to Abram. Three significant promises that show just how much power and glory God has to do those things. Three significant promises that show just how much God wants to do for Abram. And three significant promises that show just how much God cares and will take care of Abram. These three promises are what God gives to Abram to instill in him, to create inside of him the very faith that he needs to trust God, to actually go and follow his command. And so that's what Abram did. He went. Abram went from the land of Terah, and he went off to the land that God had promised. And he got there. God said that he would show Abram this land, and he showed him. Now, Abram may not have totally realized it was the land so well promised, because there were still Canaanites living in the land. But God did show him. Whether he fully realized it or not, God kept his promise true. He showed him the land that he said he would show him. And those other three promises God made to Abram, he fulfilled those too. Maybe not in the scripture reading we read this morning, and maybe not necessarily in the time that Abram spent here on this land, but God did keep his promises. God said he would make of Abram a great nation, and he did. He made of Abram such a great nation that Christ, the Messiah, and you and me today have descended from that very nation. He said to Abram he would make of him a great name, and he did. A name so great that even today we still remember his name to remember what God has done for his followers. And God says that, said to Abram that he would bless him, and he did. He blessed him with the faith that he needed to receive God's gracious gifts. God said, go and I will show you, and he showed. God gave him promises, and he kept his promises. And so today, in a similar way, much like Abram heard a command from God to go and God will show him, so too you and I hear that kind of command. God says to you today, go and I will show you. Now it's not ident exactly identical, but it is very similar. See, God told Abram to go. Go out of that land of idolatrous ways and go into another land. But you and I today, we can't exactly go out from the land of idolatry. We can't exactly just move from one place to another to escape so much idolatrous practice because we literally live in that land of idolatry every single day, or as we call it today, the world. The world that is so fixated on the things opposed to God, their own ways, and quite frankly, the idolatrous ways of the world. So a boy who goes to school every single week and when he goes to school, he is tempted by that peer pressure, by his peers pressuring him to respond in ways of violence and hatred towards others just like they, they do. Or pressured by his peers to look at relationships and sex in the same distorted ways that they do. Or the parent who is at home with their child and watching television. But when the show takes a break and those commercials come on, the parent and child are both bombarded with De tons of different views on relationships and self-worth and wealth, all distorted by the world's impression of it. Or the adult who drives through the city and through the countryside every single day to work or wherever they're going that day, and they see the billboards, they hear the radio, they see the people and signs on the street, and those things bombard them too with the distorted views on relationships and the self-glory and the different views on greed and wealth that the world tries to promote. You see, we, all of us, young, old, anything in between, we all live in this world that seeks to get us to follow its idolatrous ways every single 
day. And yet God still says to you and me, go and I will show you. Go out of those idolatrous ways and I will show you. So just like Abram, God doesn't just expect us to do what, quite frankly, we can't do on our own. So God instills in us, he literally creates in us the faith that we need to trust him, to follow him every single day. And we get to look back to our baptism when we were held over that baptismal font and we received both the water and the word over us in which God put his name on you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in which a cross was placed both on your forehead and upon your heart, marking you as God's, marking you as his child, claiming you as his, setting you apart to be holy and righteous and blameless for him. And in that baptism, when you were marked as his, he also too gave you three promises. To forgiveness of sins, the rescue from death, and the devil and eternal life. Three significant promises given to you by the power of Jesus Christ that he won for you on the cross and in his resurrection that sustained in you by the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. Because those promises that are given to you, they're instantly powerful. They're given to you right here and now. You already have them. But also, we don't get to see their full glory, their full power until that day when Jesus comes back again. And until that day that Jesus comes back to bring his full glory and power back to you and me in this entire world, God gives us glimpses, little reminders of the fact that he has already given you those promises. And so for that boy who goes to school and is tempted by the pressures of his peers, and yes, even falls into those temptations, goes home to a parent that's been given to him by God, yes, parents who, who, who condone, don't condone what he's doing and pronounce judgment upon him, but also parents who pronounce the very grace of God and forgive him on the behalf of Jesus Christ because he is a conscience-stricken and grief-stricken boy who gets to hear the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that one day will bring complete forgiveness where there is no more sin in this world. Or to the parent who's trying to, to educate their child despite what they see on commercials and television, God sends to them another parent, another brother or sister in Christ who encourages them to come with them to Bible study to come with them to small group, or just simply to sit down and read the Bible together, to look into God's word where he, he reassures, reaffirms, retells of what he has done for his people, what he continues to do, and what he will do forever. And for that adult who drives through the countryside and the city every single day, God also reminds that person to drive right here, right here to his holy house every single week where you can walk through the pews and look at the different images and things that we have in this sanctuary to focus our eyes and hearts, not on the world, but on God and his glory. Where we can sit in a pew, sit before his holy altar, where his holy presence is here in this house. And we get to receive that life, refreshed in his life that he gives to us right now. And the life that we will get fully one day when he comes back again. So yes, we live in a world that constantly gets us, seeks to get us to follow its idolatrous ways. But God tells you, go, and he will show you. Go, he's already given you the faith that you need. Go, he sustains that faith that you need every single day. And one day he'll bring that faith to an eternal glory and power with him forever and ever. But until that day, trust in God. For he says, go, and I will show you. Amen. Now, the, now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.